Hey guys, welcome to the Next Level Agents Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-host, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast all about getting to the next level. Sometimes we talk to real estate agents, sometimes brokers, sometimes people just in and around our space, and sometimes just entrepreneurs in general. But our point here is to talk to the brightest and the best and to pull gold nuggets out of them and bring them to you so that way you can take little actionable pieces of advice, sometimes big actionable pieces of advice and make your business even better and help you get to the next level. Do me a favor, if you haven't already, go over to ratethispodcast.com, ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA, stands for Next Level Agents, and please leave us a five-star review if you have not already. All right, without further ado, welcome to today's episode. All right, guys, we're back on the Next Level Agents podcast, and I'm excited about today's episode. Today, I'm joined by my good... I'm going to introduce you as my good friend, Active Bob, uh, right. although I don't think that really is the the correct moniker anymore. Uh, yeah. Bob Stewart. Bob, I got to ask you, dude, we're, we're, I guess we're just jumping right in. We're, okay. we're, you and I are jumping right into the deep end. What is your title these days? You know, it's the first time I've had a title, like in my entire career. I, uh, at one point, maybe I'd activate now as community evangelist. We've given me that title. But um, I think my, you know, when we took the money from Goldman, Kevin, they made us all like, we have to have a title now. <laughs> yeah, you have so, like a grown up title now. Yeah, I have a grown up title. I'm actually embarrassed by it. It's, I think my title is vice president of training and success. Look, that is a super grown up title, dude. It's really, yeah, like... I feel like b behind getting a garage in my fridge, which is the first time I ever actually felt like a grown up when I had a garage in my fridge. You mean a fridge uh, in your garage? Sorry, a fridge in my garage. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really weird the, the other way. Um, yeah. a, I had a fridge in my garage and that was the first time I ever felt like a grown up. Like I'm talking like beyond having children, even Kevin, like a fridge in the garage for me was a really big deal. This, this really grown up title is maybe number two. It's up there, dude. I, uh, I almost feel a little uncomfortable knowing that you have such an official title. Um, you know, it's funny. I referred to you as active Bob because I have this thing, like when I meet someone, it doesn't matter how I meet them or where I meet them, but effectively whatever I get told their name is at the jump, whether it's correct or not, like it, it sticks with me and it's, Boy. it's mostly a valuable tool because it helps me to kind of like build relationships. I remember things about people. But then sometimes like I can remember the wrong thing if somebody told me the wrong thing mm. or if it was like a joke that said you, the active came from the words active rain, right? So Correct. tell everybody, yeah. I guess let's start there, dude. I would love to just start your story because you've got a cool story. Uh, I think in really around real estate, you've been in and around real estate since the day I met you. Um, and I remember the first time I actually met you in person was at, uh, it was, it was at rain camp in Denver at uh, Inverness Hotel. Um, yep. And so tell everybody what Active Rain is slash was and kind of what your role was in it that way back in the day. And yep. then I want to kind of like move forward from there. All right. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll maybe even predate Active Rain. Um, I got, so I got out of college, Kevin, I had a finance degree and I, I, I went into a, a field not using that at all. Like my, um, I, I started working for this company that did like retail big box um, conversions, basically. Anyway, my roommates went into mortgage like right away. And this is like 2001. My roommates go into mortgage. So I'm, I have a regular job and I would come home like and I was traveling. I'd come home and these guys would be like, you got to get into mortgage. And I'm like, 
okay, why? And they just wave these checks in front. I mean, these guys were made, you know, we're 21, right? And they're making 20,000, 12,000, 8, like every time I'd come back to their, to home and, and go see these guys, they were my, my roommates in college, these two twins, Tyson Lance, they'd have these, these checks. And so finally, eventually one time I came home and I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And so I, I went in and, and started doing mortgages with these guys. Well, they had just met a friend of theirs. They, they'd re-met a friend of theirs from uh, elementary school, Jonathan Washburn. And, and you know, John. Yeah. Um, and he had just, he had taken an MLS feed from the Northwest MLS up here in Washington state. Uh, he was a real estate agent. He was like 20 years old, 21 at that point. He'd went, you know, at, in Washington, get your license at 18 and you have to be two years as an agent. Then you could go get your broker's license. So he did that like in, in fast succession, as fast as he could get his hands on his broker's license here in Washington state back then he did it so that he could get this feed. And back then when he first started doing this, other, other places had the feed Windermere had it, John L. Scott, but they were doing, they were holding the listings behind like a registration wall back then, Kevin. And so right when I kind of started doing mortgages and we met up with John, he was like, I want to do something different. I think I want to just show the listings. And I, we didn't know any better or any different. Um, but so we went in, we kind of read the way that we thought the MLS rules read and we did something that nobody else was doing, which is we just showed all the listings here. And, you know, this was pre Google, Kevin, like we were being, we, we, we started, getting found right we were using a thing called overture which fed you could like feed your website into overture and and that would populate the search engines of the day back then yahoo being the biggest one and we that started funny like, to say that just sounds right? funny to just to even hear yahoo was the big one then okay go ahead you had like aol you had ask jeeves right you had all these and we, we started getting a lot of traffic like a lot of traffic like in the first probably three to six months, we were generating, you know, back then, right? Like we were generating three leads a day. Like, and so the, the way we kind of set things up, the mortgage company was paying for this, for basically the, the web optimization. We were paying to submit things to, to Overture. And then we were working the mortgage leads, but we quickly realized like these people, most of these leads we were getting, they don't want to talk to a mortgage person. They had a question about a, a web or a property they were on our website looking at. And so my job quickly became go out and find agents to work these leads. So we built a CRM. We had this website. So there was a couple different versions of the website. One was called Why Not Own. And then we actually launched a brokerage here called Brio Realty. And in the back end of that was a CRM that we built that managed the leads. It was actually called Active Rain. You logged into it at activerain.net and that was our CRM for our brokerage operation. We ended up selling that backend CRM to a few places. Remax of Canada was using that off the back end of the Remax Canada website to manage their leads. We were into a deal with Windermere at one point. Um, so we, now we're recruiting agents. We've got agents coming to our own brokerage. Um, I'm basically, I'm like training these agents how to work these leads. We worked a ton of the leads ourselves back then too, you know. Um, we, had, we had real estate licenses, but we're trying to build this business. We weren't really selling houses. Um, one of our John Washburn's dad, we'd give him all the Glen Gary leads. Like his dad was out selling just every $2 million house that we, that came our way. Right. We'd give it to John senior and he'd go out there and, and see, he was kind of funding the whole business, honestly. Um, but we were recruiting agents. And so along the way, 
at some point we're like, all right, we got this thing. We got all these agents. We had about 150 agents here in Washington. We'd moved down into California where we were wow. just doing all referral stuff. Like we, we basically what we did is we went to try to find all the MLSs that had pretty liberal policies in terms of like display of, you know, some of the back then, some of the MLSs like you had to have a, a physical office in order to get the MLS feed. Right. And so like the first, so we went into SoCal MLS, we went into the, your MLS, the Arizona MLS down there. And then uh, the uh, MRIS, which is now bright, but back then MRIS was Virginia, Maryland, DC. And we had, so we had feeds going. We actually had an agent. We had a team of agents work for our brokerage out in Virginia, Maryland, with just referrals down in, in LA and, and um, Arizona. And we're generating lots of leads. It was a, I mean, we did a, 250 million in business at Brio back in like 2004, almost all off of internet leads, by the way, like wow. we were recruiting all these new young agents. They didn't have spheres and, and big you know, sets of past clients and just basically trying to teach them how to convert these leads. So at some point we're like, all right, this is cool, but like what's next. And Jonathan was convinced. And I still like, nobody's really nailed this still today. There's, there's, you know, Zillow bought a company that that's probably as close as anybody to nailing this. But John thought that, if we could build a transaction management platform and we could get like, you know, some critical mass of people to use the transaction management platform, we'd be in a really great position. And so we decided we're going to, you know, and this is on the era of like free, right? Everything's free, Kevin. Like we're, we're going to build a free um, transaction management software. And we're going to, you know, it, there'll be this invite mechanism where they can invite other people into it. And, and we just figured if we can get enough people using this thing and we could do things like, you know, get advertising from, from lenders or from the title companies or whatever, right. Who'd come in and say, well, I'm starting a transaction in this, in this software. Um, I need a lender, right. Who, and, and the software could serve up lenders or it could serve up, you know, a, an inspector or whatever you needed. And it failed. Like, we, so we, we we spent a whole bunch of time making this thing, Kevin. We we put it out there. And the first, we're thinking, okay, well, we got 150 agents. We're doing a, a number of transactions. If we could just get our agents to start using it, start inviting other agents in to use it, they'll see how cool it is. It'll be free. They can invite other people, right? If, if everybody on the other side of a transaction invited three or four people into this this platform, like it could, it could grow and get big. And so we launched it, spent a whole bunch of time, um, and it failed. It was like a miserable failure. Like we could not even get our own agents at Brio to use this thing, right? Like we were, it, it was, it was brutal. And, and we, I think we really, really felt defeated. So this is like 2005, got the real estate company going. It's doing pretty well. Um, so, so it fails about a week after it failed, you know, a week after we decided it had failed, right? Not a week after it launched, we probably gave it two or three months. And Kevin, maybe we should have given it longer, you know, I don't know. But about, you know, a week after we decided it failed, I can remember sitting in our office in Bellevue, Washington, all around the table, just being like, guys, what are we going to do next? Like this failed, like this is not working. One of our developers came in one morning and was like, I have an idea. We're pretty good at SEO, but but that that edge is being eroded because you know for a while we were the only ones up here in Washington like displaying the MLS properties to these search engines, right? So we were crushing the rankings for any of the the subdivision. Like if you if you were looking for a house here in Green Lake, which is a neighborhood in Seattle, like we were number one, probably two and three too, right? And but as other people started doing this. And then other people started adding unique content into their websites. 
all across Washington, people were starting to grab little slivers. There was one guy, Ben Kakamoto, who used to do it. And he would blog on his website in Seattle just about condo buildings in Seattle. And all of a sudden, we weren't ranking number one for Seattle condos anymore. Ben Kakamoto was. And you had all these little carved out areas up here in Washington where some person had, you know, they had the website like we were doing where they were now just, you know, this is, you know, accelerate three years later. Everybody's putting their properties on, on you know, the, the Internet and, and allowing them to be seen without registering. And people are starting to, to now create unique content. We're like, you know, we're pretty good at this at this SEO thing. What if but we could see this this unique content component of SEO starting to emerge, right? Of the search engine. Um, and, and blogging for business was kind of becoming a thing, right? In, in the mid 2000s, early or 2004 or five. And Google was, was now like had probably in those three to four years had like almost taken over the, the search engine world. And, and we were good at it still, but we realized, wow, there's, there's hundreds of people here in Washington that are creating their own unique content over the top of this MLS data. And they're carving away at our ability to rank just simply by having the MLS data. And so and like literally in a dream, one of our developers came back and was like, what if we created this, this platform where people came to our platform to create unique content about the areas that they live? And if we aggregated that content, we could probably get it to rank pretty well in the search engines. And so we were like, all right, this, so that's a good idea. But real estate agents that like, you know, in our area, there was probably 15, right? In all of Washington, there was like 15 agents who were blogging, essentially, who were creating this unique content. So we were like, I don't know that going out and trying to convince real estate agents that they could do this is a great kind of go-to-market strategy. Like, hey, you should come use our website, write content so that the people will come to our website. So we kind of... So we launched Active Rain with this idea that we knew we wanted to get agents in there creating content that we would aggregate so that it could rank so that we could get them traffic. We didn't really know how we were going to monetize it yet, but um, but we didn't think they'd come just to do that. But there was a community, there was a couple of communities at that time. There was one called Realtown, and um, where agents were talking to each other. Right, there was a whole bunch of chatter. Kind of it was this first these first forums on the internet, Kevin where agents could speak to one another, right? And so we thought maybe if we could get these agents who are already online talking to each other to come to our site to talk to each other, but at the same time, we could try to convince them that we could get the stuff they're talking about to reach consumers if they would put a little bit of that angle on it instead of like kind of agent to agent talk, if they'd make it agent to consumer talk. And, um, and what if, what if we gave them points and we made them compete with each other over things that if they did those things, it would like be good for the network, Kevin. And so like, if they created a piece of content, we'd give them some points. If they commented on your, and you're laughing over here. <laughs> I'm laughing at a couple things. First of all, cause there's some, there's a lot of genius here. There's also a lot of like rain on the, on the fragile egos of a real estate agent, <laughs> which is you give me a score and a scoreboard. Sure. What do you want me to do? Uh, kind of I'm making fun of myself here. Uh, and, but also, um, you know, what you know, what literally just came to mind, um, what is like, is Bitcoin, uh, and, and like, so you're telling me like, if I do something good for the community, I get rewarded. Right. So if I, if I go out and verify transactions, like, uh, as a miner, I can then receive, you know, 
rewards for that. Obviously in a much different manner. I know it's a stretch, but that really is like a 20 year ago version of like literally what, what Bitcoin and cryptocurrency can be. So anyways, I, I digress. Like I, I love the, I mean, this is the very early days of like building community and uh, really starting, you guys really worked hard on understanding search and how to get traffic and, and how to get from, you know, an agent in, in front of a consumer and vice versa. Yeah. You know, it, those, that, that was really fun times. Like, we didn't know we didn't we had some ideas of what we thought was going to work but what was cool is we could like somebody who, who like uh, whoever it was courtney cooper in washington state here right this gal comes into active rain and she starts writing about houseboats and we're like all right wow like when she does that people actually are out there googling because back then you couldn't really go to google and say hey like it wasn't too long later that you could, but you couldn't really go to Google in the beginning and be like, what are people searching right now? Eventually they'd come out with those tools, but when they'd search those things and land on your site, you could see that. And so we had all this early analytics to like the way that people searched, you know, the long tail, for example, like yeah. we really leaned heavily into the long tail, but we could see it. It's one thing to the theory of it. You're like, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. But when you, when you saw that traffic, because somebody would written a blog post about houseboats in Seattle and you could see somebody out there typing in to Google, you know, houseboats for sale in Seattle, it allowed us to, to like, to see what was happening, to take it back to the community and say, Hey, this is what's happening. And then to have them go and create a thousand pieces of content about that thing for all of the different areas of the country. And it was just like this this cycle of us going, Hey, I, this we you, Hey, you guys, we see consumers searching for this and they'd go bang out a thousand or 1500 or 2000 blog posts about that for their local area. It, it really, now there's a whole other side of managing the community, which, you know, I kind of got thrust into and, and I'll be honest, I wasn't prepared for it. You know, the, the, the people side of managing a community, Kevin, and you're, you know, you get to deal with this. You've got some big groups, next level agent, right? People, I just, people are fascinating and, and, you know, we were, I was young, right? I'm like 28, 29, 30 or whatever. When we're launching active rain, I'd never, I'd never moderated a dispute between two 50 year old real estate agents. <laughs> you know, like, it was, uh, it was fascinating and, and, and fun and, um, yeah. So we, we, we built active rain. Um, you know, it had a really good run. There was, there was a four year period of time. I was telling somebody this story the other day on our podcast, Chad and I were talking about this. There was a point where John Stumpf was the CEO of Wells Fargo and some story had broke about Wells Fargo where like they had let some of their executives use a, a mansion out in California that had been foreclosed on. They'd let them use it to like throw a couple parties at or something and I had written this blog post, like, Dear John Stump. And I don't even remember, like, it was basically like shame on you type of thing, right? That thing ranked number one in Google if you Google John Stump's name for, like, six months. That's awesome. And there would be, like, you know, back then we had Spencer Raskoff was on, was on Active Rain blogging. You had, at one point, oh, what was the guy's name? It was like, it was, I think it was, it was a Bush or Obama, the early Obama years there, the the HUD, the, the president of HUD or secretary of HUD, David something, he was on there. Like, there's a lot of people on there because, again, it was probably there was I, I want to give credit to Realtown. And I think it was Sal and those guys had done Realtown. But we were the first one that put real estate conversations on the Internet. Right. Like Realtown was more of a forum where you logged in to see those conversations. But 
um, it was it was a good little four or five year run where the SEO was just prime. You could write a blog post on Active Rain, and within ten minutes, that thing would be number one in the search engines if you did it right. Wow, um, that's pretty wild. Um, so Active Rain, I, we don't necessarily need to go through the through the rest of the story. I'm not going to call it the demise because it's still up and running. But it's obviously, uh, it, you know, it's taken it's taken some turns, and I know you and Ben have have rescued it from the from from the you know the gates of of, of death and a few times probably, and um, but your career, dude. I guess what I want to do is like, you, so you learned a lot about real estate agents. You learned a lot about traffic. You learned a lot about dealing with real estate agents and community building, et cetera. Where you know your career after active rain, I, I mean, I happen to know you're one of a few people that are a guest on my podcast, but have been a real estate client because you lived in Arizona for a few years. You, you guys helped me buy and, and ben sell. Would be pissed to hear this, but sell a house down there as well. Yep. Yeah. We won't tell Ben. Don't worry. He'll never listen to this. By um, the way, I brought my, I brought my, my, my diamondbacks hat. I don't, you yeah. know, I'm a hat guy, so I've got a hat for everywhere and you're not necessarily a diamondbacks fan, but you are. No, I hate the diamondbacks with a passion. Yeah. I'm a Dodgers yeah. fan. have, have always been and always will be. You know, uh, it's a shame is I have a Dodgers hat somewhere. It's just not under my desk here. Dang. All right. Well, um, should I go back so, to the place? Hat? am I making you, am I making you nauseous or what? Yeah. I don't I mean, allow diamondbacks look, I, hats you, on you, my you, show. So as, as one of your, your, I should tell you, and maybe you don't know this about your organization, but I, you, I was given Diamondbacks tickets as a thank you for being your client. So. so we, no, 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 we did that. That was part of our, like our client appreciation strategy. We used to do a few events every year. One of those being a baseball game. And I mean, we, we live in Arizona, so that's what we did. Um, I'm not supporting the Diamondbacks under any circumstance. <laughs> You're not me. doing that anymore. Huh? You yeah. guys aren't, aren't buying 100 tickets to the Diamondbacks anymore. Got no, it. that's a fact. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, so your career, dude. So you learn you learn a lot about the real estate agent. Uh, you learn a lot about community building. You learn a lot about online traffic. Um, and your career goes, you know, a few different ways. And um, I would love to kind of talk about specifically when you left Arizona. And you said, "Hey, I'm gonna, we're going to move back up to 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 Washington. Um, I'm going to go help Ben with a few things. I'd kind of like to pick up there a little bit because you have, you know, you said you're a very official, uh, grown up sounding title earlier uh, over at Place, but like you've had quite a few different um, like steps along the way within within kind of Ben's world, and I'd love to hear a little bit about those. And then I actually want to dig into to some of the some of the stuff that's relevant today today." All right. So, uh, Ben, Ben. So I, so act, so this is we'll, we'll, the end of the active rain story into the Ben story. So active rain ends up being, uh, you know, bought at some point by market leader, kind of a little leveraged buyout scenario. Market leader gets sold to truly, truly gets sold to Zillow. Zillow owns active rain. They call Jonathan Washburn Spencer. I mean, like a tip of the hat to Spencer Alskoff. He, he's a really good guy. Uh, so he calls Jonathan and says, Hey, we're not, you know, we're not really doing anything with this. Do you want this thing back? And John calls me. I was working with Jonathan. I'd left real estate. He says, Hey, Spencer called me. He said, do I want to buy his back? I'm like, no, like you don't sell anything to real estate. You're like, just stay focused. Jonathan had a great business going at that time. He's, he's very much like squirrel. Sometimes I'm like, no, stay focused. You got a great business. And so he tells Spencer, no, literally the next day, Ben calls me. He's like, Hey, Spencer Raskoff called me. Uh, I'm thinking about buying active rain. There's this other thing quickly, um, this text to lead service. If I do it, will you come work with me? So 
we, we kind of figured it out. Yes, I'm going to go back. So I come back in 2015 and, and I show up and Ben's like, all right, I want you to go learn this quickly. He's like, we have like two days with the guy who ran it for, for the business and he's leaving and we own this thing now, learn everything you can. And Oh, by the way, I'm, I think we're buying a website company and, you know, we've got this brevity, but we're, we're going to build a platform. And, you know, he had back then, Kevin, in 2015, scratched out on the back of a whiteboard in his house that I believe still sits there today, the plan for the brevity platform and basically what it would be yep. today, really place. You know, he had this original kind of the software we build. And then in this, this little corner of that, he had kind of the idea for place way back in 2015. And he's like, this is what we're going to build. You know, and I come up and I go to his house and it's kind of his recruiting pitch to get me to move back to, back to Washington. And I'm like, wow. Okay. And he's like, yep. He's like, you know, we have the CRM today. He's like, we just bought this quickly thing. That's going to be the text component, but you know, I've got this website company I'm looking to build. We're going to go build this, this part of the tool. And he basically in 2015 had a plan for how we were either going to build or acquire like the Brevity platform. And then he also had this other thing, which, you know, thinking back, it's funny then that other thing place seemed like a distant, right, Kevin? Like, okay, man, sure. Cool. I remember so the like, first time he, he didn't call it place, obviously, but I remember the first time he dropped it on me and he told me what he was going to do. And I was like, you're going to do what? I mean, <laughs> it probably was 2014, 15, somewhere around there. I remember thinking like, God, oh, it sounds like a headache, dude. Um, <laughs> well, so, you know, it's funny. So, okay. So we, so we, I come to start working with him too. So the first time we actually go to sell the Brevity platform is at a big conference in 2016. And in February of 2016, you can imagine what conference it is. I'll spare you the name, but you can you know, say it. it's okay. All right. So, so we're, we're at Keller Williams family reunions, 2016 It's February. We show up, we're going to, we're Brevity. And, you know, prior to that Brevity had been transaction management, but we're going to sell the Brevity platform and it's not even built. And I don't even know if I should be saying that it. it's not built. It's been said before, probably publicly. It's not built. Like the idea is there. We bought the website. The stuff's not really connected together yet, but we're going to sell it. And so we go out this, this is why, well, to your to your point of like wow Ben sounds like a lot of headache like yeah that's a really big idea and um so so we get there and and we're gonna he decides we're gonna sell a hundred of this platform and, you know we'd sold before Kevin uh forty nine or ninety nine dollars right active rain was twenty nine dollars like this is five hundred dollars a month or whatever it was right it was somewhere in that range but we're gonna sell a hundred of them and so day one this is a four day conference day one we finish the day we've got like six sales so ben comes to the booth he's like all right how many sales did we get we're like we got six he's like all right here's how we're gonna pitch it tomorrow right and he's he's in there digging down and the next day he he showed up and pitched it once and and i'm out there pitching it right at the booth and uh the second day we sell like i forget seven or something right so we're we're like all right so he shows up the end of the second day he's like how many we got we're like we got 12 and he's like all right cool five from yesterday, 12 from today, 17. We're like, no, we got 12 total. Like we got seven today and five yesterday. Right. So, so day three, we sell like another, like 10. I mean, we're sitting at like 22 or something. I don't know what it was with a hundred. Right. Like, look, I'm sure that he had doubts, but 
you didn't see those, right? It's like, all right, here's how we're going to pitch it. The fourth day at the end of the conference, people, there's a mat, they're, they're pushing us out. People are like throwing their credit cards. They're like, let me just get in on the, like, and we end up selling that last day, like seven or something. Like we get just shy of our goal. And, but it was a massive last day. And I think all of us were like, holy crap, like, you know, I, he was Ben Kinney at Keller Williams then, right? Like at, in, in that era, right? And um, here, here's what it here's what it made me understand. Like, no matter what, we're gonna hit our goals with him, right? And it, and it might take us a little longer than we, but we're going to get to that. And we're gonna have really big, crazy goals. And and sometimes you're gonna look at that and go, what? That sounds like a headache. That feels like a lot of work. I don't know if we can do it, but he was like relentless in his pursuit that we were going to do that. And it really instills in you this, I don't know, man, this like, yeah, we're going to do it. And ever since then, like if he, when he comes and says, this is what we're building, this is what we're going to do. I'm like, all right, strap on. Like we're yeah. going, this is what we're going to do. Now there's been times where we don't do it in the time frame that we want to do it in. But when we set out to, to accomplish something, like we are going to accomplish it. Yeah, for sure. That uh, that's the thing about Ben. I mean, I remember, um, you know, I long like Brivity wasn't even public yet. Like he hadn't even told anybody about it yet, or like it wasn't live. Um, and I remember him showing me Brivity and Blosser and all these other ideas and things that he had. He was really starting to formulate that plan. And that is the thing about Ben. Um, is he see this is his superpower in my opinion? Is he sees. Number one, he's more patient than anybody I ever know. Like if you if you think about the um, if you think about that 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 term or that phrase, revenge is best served cold. Um, I always tell people you never want Ben Kenny to want to have revenge on you because he can <laughs> outweigh you. He will wait until it's freezing uh, because he's got that kind of patience. And in addition to that type of patience. He also has the strategy and the willingness and the ability to sort of to kind of see around the corner from what's coming long before anybody else does. Um, and I think then you mix in the fact that he's he's a user. Like he literally use like he, the reason why he can build a product or help lead a product is because he's he can see himself as the user of the product. Whereas like so many guys in tech, they they can't they can't actually get to the product side because. They don't know what it's like to be a real estate agent, especially, right? And to actually have to use the tech to be able to run their business. Whereas Ben understands that completely. It's it's one of his soup one of his superpowers. It's I I tell people this all the time, Kevin. It's the only thing he's not giving up here. Like I shouldn't say not give it. Like as the CEO, he's out like setting the vision, figuring out who we're going to acquire next, right? Like making the big deals and but the one thing that he has not given up of all the kind of day-to-day -day responsibilities that he had before we, you know, took a big investment from Goldman and, and started, you know, setting off to conquer the world. The one thing he still has his hands on every single day is the product. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I hadn't thought about this before, but I'm a, I'll say it. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big, I like Twitter. Uh, I'm a big Twitter fan now. Like you've never uh, admitted that publicly. This is the first time. Is that what you're saying? No, not not that. Just like, like I'm also a big fan of Elon Musk. And if you notice, for those of you who don't pay attention to Elon Musk or Twitter, or you only read like a headline that's on the news that has you know couldn't be further from the truth. If you actually pay attention to it, you'll know that Elon just hired a CEO, 
but the role that he kept was CTO. Yeah. Because he wants to be involved in the product. Like there's a there Ben is I'm not trying to compare Ben to to Elon Musk, but if there was a comparison, they're they're similar in that sense of like he really values like the product side of it and sees how you and I, as just like regular guys running a real estate business, are going to be impacted by the decisions of the tech team and the development team and, and all that stuff. And I think that's I think that's super valuable. And it's part of the reason why you guys have been able to grow the way you have. I have a I have a, a few pointed questions for you that I want to talk about with Brivity because I think in your role it's very unique and you get to see so much data behind the scenes. But before I do that, one thing I want to ask you about um is the you said something I'd never heard you say before. And I just think this is so valuable that real estate agents, we should all, we should all take this advice. Um, you said something to the effect of like, when you, when you were in your role at, uh, at active rain, you had some sort of, I'm not going to call it initiative, but I guess initiative where you had to basically totally surprise somebody every day or make yeah. some, will you, we tell everyone what was the initiative? Like, and I'm sure it was more than one person or maybe yeah, it wasn't. I, I, well, so in the beginning, um, th this, this came out of frustration. I went to Jonathan, you know, one day and I'm like, we're putting all this money into devs and, and I'm basically the support guy. And I'm like, I'm getting crushed over here. <laughs> like I'm dealing with 300 tickets a day. Like I can't keep up. I need more support. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm getting burned out. And he's like, do this. Um, I, I, yes, I get it. We'll, we'll try to get you some help. Like, let's go try to hire somebody. But in the meantime, every day, I want you to just for one person, I want you to just reach out proactively to somebody. And I want you to help somebody who didn't ask for it, like in a really amazing way. Right. And so in active brain, it was really easy because we'd see somebody writing something. I'd be like, Oh, there we go. I'm going to go talk to that person today. Right. And I would call them and I would spend a half hour with them, like show, whatever it was, you know, I'd say, Hey, you know, I'd looked at your blog and I got a couple of suggestions that you could increase the, the SEO power and they would be like blown away, Kevin, blown away. And, and John's thought, this is what he said to me. He's like, first, I think just going out and, and interacting with the client and surprising them who's happy, not the support thing you're getting all day where these people are frustrated, right? And you're just dealing with frustrated people all day. You become frustrated. He's like, just at least once a day. He's like, you can do it more often, but at a minimum once a day, I want you to have an interaction with somebody that's really positive, right? Where you're, and he said, if we did that, like, let's say that we just adopted this. And at that time, we had probably three people that ever talked to a customer. He's like, if we all did this once a day, he's like, we'd have three raving, new raving fans each day. And I bet we'd look back in a couple of years and, and we'd have a whole bunch of raving fans. And look, I mean, we're 20 years later, 17 years later from having launched Active Brain. It's still there. It's, it's nothing. You know, it's a shell of what it was. But there are still some raving fans there today that I'll bet if you were to go ask them, they would remember that call from Jonathan Washburn or that call from Bob Stewart. Dude, uh, I remember, dude, I remember the call. Like, here's what it came up for me is I remember a couple of times you're like, hey, I noticed this post. It's going to be on the front page tomorrow. It's going to be on the front page. It'll be in the email or, or whatever. And I was like, really? I, I'm like, I, you probably did that for me two or three times for different things I'd written about. I, I, and I don't even remember what they were. I'm sure it was all short sales back then. But when you share, I think you shared that on a place call recently. And I was like, that's what he was doing. I was like, that is, that is awesome. And I think that's such a great way for us as real estate, just as business owners in general. Like if we took that approach of 
if I could just go make one person's day today in the midst of kind of all the bullshit that I got to deal with and, and kind of all the have to do's for my job. And regardless of what your role is in a company, if I could just take, I, I think that was genius. Uh, first of all, it was genius advice from John. I, I didn't realize that's where it came from, but the execution of it, what stuck out to me is the fact that it stuck out to me. And, you know, probably 15 years later, 14 years later, I still remember you doing that for me. And like, that's, that's pretty cool, dude. Um, so yeah. thank, thank I mean, you look, for sharing it, that. It built a lot of really strong relationships. I think when you, you know, when you, like I, I was trying to come from a place of just straight contribution. I know that's very cliche, right? Like just, you know, just come from a place of contribution, but it's true. <laughs> it's, I think cliches are, are such because they're mostly true. Right. And, and that one was, you know, we, we, we try to deploy that philosophy today. Like our brevity, that's, that's a big part. So I lead our, you know, VP of, of success and training. Like we have a success team, a bunch of really skilled, smart people, but it, you can get caught in a day where all you do is deal with people's frustrations all day long. And to have that, you know, that shot of, I don't know, whatever it is, the dopamines that you get from, you know, from having somebody happy on the other end who wasn't expecting you to, to make them happy today. There, there's a lot of power in that. Just, just, it's a grinding business. Right. I think as a real estate agent, you're, you're grinding most of the time and not that you guys deal with a bunch of people that are, that are frustrated or, or upset. Right. But man, if, if, you know, Kevin, you showed up four days a week for, for 50 days, you know, 200 people, you could totally wow. If you did, you wowed one a day. Right. Like it seems one a day, you're like a oh, big deal, but you do it over a year. You're like, wow, 200 people. If I was just doing that four days a week for 50 days a year, like, like the but, compounding of it is massive. Yeah, no, there's a massive snowball effect that could be, um, that would come from that. Like no doubt. All right. So last question I have for you, not on the topic. Like I want to drill you on brevity because you shared some super interesting things. Uh, and I probably should have told you that ahead of time. That's all right. But, I, I, I got them. You probably okay. have it in your head anyways, or you got the notes before I do that. I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. So you've talked about like Goldman Sachs, making a big investment into the company. Um, I've talked about that before uh, on the show, so that that shouldn't be too new uh, to anybody. But I here's the deal: it's you and I recording this in May of 2023. Place has been around for a while. It's not brand new anymore, and people still have no. Truthfully, they have no idea what place is, despite the fact that we have what 250 operators probably close to 2000 to 2100 agents total in our, in our, on our platform and in our network. I, I'm saying ours because I'm, I'm a partner as well there. And, and that's where my team group 4610 runs. Um, when someone says to you, Bob, what is place? What's your elevator? What's your two minute or less answer to them? Place is uh, so we partner with the top real estate teams in the United States. And, um, we help support all of the business functions that make them a successful team. So we, we partner with them on their marketing, their lead generation, their tech, their recruiting, their accounting, their legal, their HR, their, their hiring, uh, everything that a, that a real estate team needs to run their business operations. We support them in that here at place. And so the longer term, so the, Kevin, if I was doing this with, with an agent, it'd be depending on who the audience is, right? If this was somebody in the real estate industry, that would be kind of the, the, the pitch, right? We, we support them. And then I would, you know, ask them something like, 
you know, what's, what, what do you not like doing? Right. Like, do you love hiring? Do you love training? Do you love onboarding your agents? Do you love generating leads? Do you love like most of the things, you know, this as a, as somebody that ran a team, like most of the things that you do, you don't love doing them. Right. And if somebody could just show you a process to, to, to do it, you, you'd check that box. And, and if the process was good and strong, you'd, you'd move on to something you do love doing. And so we, we try to partner with teams to, to help them do those things that maybe they don't like doing. The, the, the longer answer becomes um, we want to become the one place that customers and consumers can go to get everything they need for their home. And, you know, real estate agents we're, tend to be transactional, right? It's like we're, we're trying to find people that are looking to buy or sell houses and the value that we deliver to those people in the seven to 12 years that they live in their house is mostly negligible during that time when they're not thinking about buying or selling, right? I mean, you know, one of the things I, the, one of the cliches that just drives me insane, Kevin, we hear this all the time in our industry as, as an agent, right, is, you know, you got those leads in your database, just show up and add value. And then if you add enough value, Kevin, by the time they're ready to buy or sell a house, they'll definitely pick you because you've been adding value all the way, right? And like, that is, I still today will ask, you know, an agent been in the business 20 years, what do you do to show up and add value? And it's, you know, I talk to them about the rates. I talk to them about what's happening in the market. But there's all this time that they live in a house. And Kevin, I used to do this to you. You know, I lived, I moved to Arizona. I didn't know anything down there, right? And I'm like, Kevin, I'd call you or Fred, and I'd be like, Hey, I tried to be the pool guy. Like three months in, I'm failing miserably. Like I need a pool guy, right? I I called you. I'm like, Hey, I tried to do this whole summer winter grass thing. This is bullshit, man. I I can't stand this. Like you got to swap your grass out. I need somebody to come do my yard. There, there's all this, these things that happen. My wife, we needed to get, we didn't even come to you guys for this, but we needed to get security down there. So we went to ADT, right? And at some point we had to get the roof done. There's all these things that happen where consumers spend money in their house and they're generally, Kevin, especially if they're new to the area, like we were, they're kind of hoping the person that shows up to do the work is good, Yeah. right? Now, when I took it, if like, and there was a few times because you kind of live in a different area of Phoenix than I did. So it's like your pool guy wasn't going to come do my pool because there was 7 million pools between my house and yours. Right. But the few times that we got a, a referral from you, uh, it was always really good. I always felt really confident that that person was going to come through for me because somebody vetted them for me. There was other times where I'm basically going through like a, you know, a Angie's list or a whatever. Right. And, and kind of crossing my fingers that, it's good. And so long-term place wants to become kind of that, that conduit through which consumers via a local boots on the ground representative, their real estate agent can connect them with all of the things that they need for the place that they call home. Right. So what in that seven to 12 years, and there's a lot of money spent in that seven to 12 years that somebody, right. It's, it's billions, hundreds of billions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars, whatever stoop our president, you should get him on. He knows all these, these silly stats, but it's, it's a lot of stinking money that's spent, right? Like people do the roofing and they do the yard and they do the pool down there. And it's, and, and we believe that there's an ecosystem that can be built here where the, you know, that local real estate agent is the conduit for that consumer to get to everything they need around their home, not just when they're thinking about buying or selling. Good job, dude. That was solid. I don't know. It's, it, look, it's a hard pitch though, right? Like it does. It is, but it isn't, dude. It's no, think- to anybody who thinks beyond a transaction, it's actually not that hard of a pitch. 
the 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 issue is uh and i i love you listeners i love i love my peers but most of most people in the real estate industry don't even think beyond next month's transactions much less beyond a transaction with with the current client right so all right dude we're we're coming up on time we got about we got about seven to ten minutes left and one of the things i wanted to make sure that we talked about today was you shared some super insightful stats and data last week on our partner call when it came to, I'm just going to call it lead follow-up in the Brivity system. So what I love about the Brivity system and what you have access to is it's not just us as place partners. You've got, you can kind of see the whole of what, like what everybody does, which there's thousands and thousands of users, um, users being a real estate agent using this, this tool to help run and grow their business. And you obviously, I don't want to give away anything private or confidential, but since you, I know you've got a lot of stuff sort of rolled up, would you mind sharing some of those insights and some, maybe some of the highlighting, some of the ones that maybe surprised you and some of the ones that even didn't surprise you? Cause really nothing's new and nothing really ever changes. Yeah. You know, um, here I'll do this because we've never gone out and asked our thousands of brevity clients if we can use their data. To, so, so I'll, I'll, let's set them to the side. This is okay. just, I'll just use the data from place because Ben's okay with me sharing this data. So this is just our, Kevin, your 250 ish partners that we have that are, that are on the platform using it. And um, so a cu- couple things that we've learned here recently. Uh, the first one is on average, it takes us 11 calls to get a lead to answer the phone the first time they, that, that, that like the first time. Okay. And I, you know, most, you know, you, you hear all the leads are bad, leads are bad. Most of the time we go in there and they've called them once or twice. And we know on average, like there's a one gal I talk about her all the time, Katie Sentinel, like she'll call them 50 times. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you'll see leads in there that are still unqualified from her, but they have 50 phone calls into them. And, but on average, it's 11 phone calls to get them to answer that call the very first time. Um, I thought that's fascinating. And, you know, we, we spend plenty of time like kind of surfacing to our folks, like, you know, look, yeah, they, they haven't answered. Yeah. I know you think these leads aren't great, but the problem is you just got to try a little bit harder. Like if the leads, you know, if they were going to, if they all answer on the first call, Kevin, you'd pay the appropriate amount for that. Right. Like the, the economics would say our leads don't cost us five or 15 or $50 anymore. They cost us 500 or a thousand because everybody answers. Right. So 11 calls. Most teams get one or two, three phone calls in. They they forget about that lead. And then they go try to the next lead that they only call one or two or three times. And so that'd be one thing. Here's another. So on so we, we've spent a lot of time. We built this kind of daily routine. What is it? What should an agent do every day when they show up in their business and their database? And here's here's something that's um that's like it's this is a no shit one, but so we we've we've studied all the statistics around a database. Like what leads to extracting business from your database? And there's a lot of things that we've looked at, right? Um, Website visits and market report, all this stuff. The number one factor that determines like what percentage, and we've got some formulas we run on a database to say, here's how much business is in your database, right? And then we know, here's how many deals you did last year. Here's what percentage. Most teams in real estate are extracting somewhere between about eight and 15% of the potential transactions that live in their database every year. They're getting about eight to 15% of those. Eight to 15. Yeah. The top teams, like the, like the top, the Ben Kinney's in Bellingham, right? The, these teams that do four or five, the, the, the Veronica Figueroa's right. They do 2000. Even those teams are only extracted on the top side, like 30% 
of the available business out of their database. Now, we have some agents. We've, we've identified some, some agents individually that will extract in the neighborhood of, of 60 to 70% of the potential business. And, and here's the number one stat that, that will determine, do you get the business or not? Database turnover rate. So we've coined this term, we call it the database turnover rate. It basically says, Kevin, let's say you have a 10,000 person database, okay. right? If you called a thousand people this month, your database turnover rate is a 10. It's going to take you 10 months to call that database one time, right? Now, not everybody in there get a call. Some people will get five and others will, won't get one. But on average, if you made a thousand calls into a 10,000 person database, you have a database turnover rate of a 10. Teams that get like, here's the, the lower that goes, the more business you extract, right? That's the correlation that we've proven out really extensively. So if I, if I turn my database over every five months versus every 10, I'm likely to extract more of the business. And this is like, duh, right? But what happens is teams, they just keep buying more new leads. They never have the capacity to get even a fraction of the way into what they have. So, I mean, we have the stats, like we, we can show you what percentage based on, you know, where your database turnover rate comes, what percentage of the database do you expect to set an appointment with? And, but you know, everybody shows up, they want AI, they want bots that will talk to their people, they want the tools to get at the very end of the day. And this is unfortunate. It's not unfortunate. It's just the reality. It's the reality. You, can't, you cannot automate getting these people on the phone and, and actually adding value. Now we can have a whole conversation around what that means, Kevin, right? But, but you have to call them. You have to call them and no auto plan, no drip, no, none of that other stuff actually shows a marked difference in the amount of business that teams extract as much as calling your database does. So the best agents in our world, those ones that extract, Kevin, you know, 60 to 70% of the business, they are turning their database over between a one and a two. And somebody turning their database over at a one has the capacity to call the entire database once a month. And somebody closing it at a two, you know, doing it at a two can call them every other month. But, and most teams, by the way, run over a 12. Like they don't even have the capacity to call everybody in there one time this year. Yeah. We don't like, literally we don't. Um, and, uh, again, this is actually, so this is why I said surprising or not surprising. This is not surprising. This is not what, what I love though, is you actually went and got, you put some data to it. You put like you, you coined this, I don't know if you coined the term necessarily, but you, you coined the term database turnover rate. And it's something that everybody can understand. And it's, it is like, it's value. I think anybody can look at this and go, whether you use brevity or not, and this is, and this is why I wanted you on Bob is because whether you use brevity or some other lesser CRM, wink, wink, um, <laughs> the reality is, is if you want more business, figure out what your turnover rate is and then decrease it, right? Make it a goal to do. If your turnover rate right now is a 20, then make it a goal to get it to a 10 by the end of this year. And then maybe next year it could come down to a five. Right. And you know, you wait, here, here's the thing about this, Kevin, most, this is a compounding consistency discussion because most people kind of blast into their database. They're like, I'm going to work today. And they show up and they make 50 calls and they don't come back for two weeks. I mean, like that is the reality. I see it all the time. The only people that get to a place where they're actually turning their database over, they figure out how many calls do I need to make each day? Like if I'm an agent, you have 20 days in a month, 
20 Monday through Fridays. In May, you could take a couple Fridays off and still have 20. I think there's 22 Monday through Fridays. If you show up to like work a professional business 20 days a week, our, the routine we created has about 300 calls in it or 30 calls in it a day. So there's about 600 calls just out of that kind of hour and a half to two hour routine. Like you realize I could actually turn a 1200 person database over showing up and making 30 calls a day. That's a doable. It's, it's, the thing is that's doable. so doable. Yeah. Dude, that first of all, that's huge. By the way, like if you guys got nothing else, you didn't, if you didn't get anything from Bob's story around like building a community, which I thought was extremely insightful and valuable. If you did nothing else, but listen to these three points that he just shared and then take action on that, put that into your business plan you you will improve your business. I, I guarantee. Bob, is there one more stat that you want to share? One, That's yeah, like I'll give the you best. one more. So this has been this has been basically like the last two months here at, at place. It's taking us right now, Kevin, an average of 150 dials to set an appointment and 26 contacts. So it, our, our contact rates are about 17%. So every 150 people we dial, we talk to 26 on average and, and every 26 contacts leads to one buyer or seller appointment in our databases. You know, that that's, I don't think you could just go call into the phone book and get those kind of results because inside of those routines, we have people running, we're calling website visitors. We're calling people that are looking at data about what's selling around their house. Like we're, we're trying to call the right people. And Ben talks about, you know, we can be successful real estate. If we say the right things, we say them to the right people and we say them enough times. Um, we're, we're trying to call the right people, but we know 100, every 150 dials for us leads to 26 contacts, leads to one appointment. So it gives our agents a, you know, just the, a, a target each each week right or or each day like if you want to day. Set an appointment a you can day, make 150 you know, dials in one day or yeah. even if you just did it every other maybe 75 dials because 26 conversations might take a while so if you did 13 a day but if you had an appointment every other day and you're a decent converter like you that's a good business oh, that's a real good business that's that, a that really, is. really good business it's a 50 to 60 deal your business dude Bob, the one other thing I wanted to touch on before we go, and uh, I do have a hard stop, unfortunately, in three minutes, I think you do too, um, is tell everybody, you mentioned your podcast, tell everybody what that is and where they can find it. It's called Win, Make, Give. Uh, I do it with Ben when he shows up. He's there most of the time. Chad, Chad Himes and me co-host Win, Make, Give. Listen, uh, here's what I would tell you. If you, if you've never heard the win, make, give podcast, I think what you should do, you owe your, you owe it to yourself to go check out the wealth series. Yes. It's, it's Ben's formula for how he, he manages and, and has built wealth over his life. It's, it's, uh, really good. It's, there's workbooks. It's, it's something you could do with your family. My, it, my wife and I do it. Um, it really has Kevin. I'll, I'll say this. Those philosophies have taken me and look, this is part my wife <laughs> and part the philosophies, but like when I started working with Ben, I had negative net worth. And today my wife and I have three investment properties, uh, the home we live in, like, well, you know, net worth that is into, you know, north of seven figures. And it is based on these principles, basically of, of tracking my, my net worth every month of, of, of really keeping a handle on my expenses and knowing how much income we need to bring in. And the wealth series is amazing. Uh, when make give in general, I think we have some great content on there. But if you've never tapped into it, go do the wall series. It, it, it's, I mean, it really is transformational. I will say this, um, go, go to winmakegive.com forward slash wealth. Cause I'm going to just sign off on this. Winmakegive, winmakegive.com forward slash wealth. 
listen to the wealth series. I agree with Bob start there. And despite Bob's co-host, not Ben, the other one, despite his co-host, it's pretty decent. Give it a listen. Uh, and then, and then next time you see his co-host in person, just give him a nudge just cause it's fun. Um, <laughs> Bob Stewart, dude, thanks a lot for spending uh, the last hour with me, man. Absolutely. Kevin, these were huge, hugely uh, beneficial. We're going to put these these stats into the notes. We'll also put the link to the to the Wealth Series podcast, which is, I just want to say, phenomenal. Ben, I've, I've effectively learned most, if not all, of what I know about um, trying to, to build, conserve wealth uh, through Ben as well and employing his tactics and his strategies. And it's been a super, um, super impactful thing for me. Uh, and so dude, thanks a lot, Bob Stewart. I appreciate you hey, taking the time today, dude. Honored, honored, Kevin. Uh, you've always been a good friend to me. You were my real estate agent and, um, anytime you, I get a call from you, I'm more than willing to drop everything I'm doing my friend. So thanks. Appreciate it, dude. All right, guys, we will, uh, we'll see you next week on the next level agents podcast. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're looking for even more valuable content and resources to help you grow your business, then we invite you to join our community, Next Level Agents at eXp Realty. By joining us, you'll gain access to exclusive benefits like live trainings, events, masterminds, weekly Zooms, digital downloads, and so much more, all designed to help you grow your business. To learn more and become a part of our community, simply visit kevinandfred.com forward slash contact and get in touch with us today. Of course, if you're not quite ready to take the plunge and join our community, that's no problem at all. You can still access all of our great content for free right here on this podcast. And again, we thank you for listening. We look forward to continuing to bring you valuable insights and more advice in the future.